page 373 of the Church Bibles, from 2 Kings, chapter 5, page 373. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of traitors from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you, so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I Kill, can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard what the king of Israel had, that, that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots, and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Papar the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored, and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel, so please accept a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, As surely as the Lord lives, I who serve will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading can be found on page 1064. 1064. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John chapter 2, verses 1. 1 to 12. <clears throat> On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee, 
Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. They stayed, there they stayed for a few days. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for these two exciting passages, and we look forward to all that you have to share with us this morning. I ask your blessing on us. Fill us with your spirit. I open our ears and our hearts to respond to you. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome. Especially warm welcome to our new friends. Great to have you with us, guys, to uh, join with us in our year of mission. We're really looking forward to March and all the opportunities that's going to bring. At the end of last year, Rachel, my wife, and I, uh, we had a dinner party. It was a really great dinner party. Admittedly, it didn't go on quite long enough to work through all the wine in our wine cellar. Not, not like some of the epic uh, uh, dinner parties we see through the window and the street opposite. Um, but it was a really great dinner party. We uh, know somebody who cooks a mean Chinese banquet, so we invited a bunch of our neighbors round um, for the treats to come and join us for this Chinese meal. Well, we've been living in our street now for about 11 years, and we know quite a few of our neighbors kind of in passing, you know, waving at them as we walk past in the street. Um, but we'd never done anything like this before. I think we did once have a tea party at Christmas for a few uh, street, um, for a few neighbors. But this, after all, is our year of mission, so we thought we ought to push the boat out. Well, it turned out 
that although all of the people we invited knew us, they mostly didn't know each other. So they all had a delightful time getting to know one another, the people who lived opposite and down the street. They thought, they all thought we were amazing for kind of bringing the street together like that. All we'd done was invite them to share dinner with us. Last week, Neil was starting to introduce us to a great model for making uh, an impact, for, for witnessing to our community. And it's in three parts, and we have a new banner to work with this term. So here it is. And you all see that. Can you see that? So here we go. It goes, be, do, tell. Shouldn't be that hard to, uh, to remember, okay? So we'll try and get the hang of that this term as we get ready to launch out in mission next term. Be, do, tell. So last week we were learning about be. To a large part, that's learning how to be who you are in Christ. You are loved and forgiven and redeemed and you are carrying hope for others, for the world. But be is also about listening, uh, sorry, about learning how to be in your community. We listened in last week to um, Jeremiah's letter to the Jewish community which had been marched away into exile. What was Jeremiah's advice from God? It was live amongst your neighbors, be good neighbors to them, working for their prosperity, celebrate with them, have weddings and parties. If you really want to make an impact for Christ on your community, you, have, you first have to become part of it. You need to be in your community. Of course, that's what Jesus did, isn't it? I mean, for the world as a whole. He, he didn't just stay in heaven and kind of send down his message to us. He came to earth to be amongst us, to live amongst us, to weep and rejoice with us. Only then could he speak to us authentically in a human voice of his heavenly Father. Only then could he die for us. So that is the first step, be. And the key word here is celebrate. Discover who your community is and celebrate them and celebrate with them. Their achievements, their qualities, their story. It used to be easy to recognize who your community was. Had you lived 120 years ago in my grandfather's village, um, amongst the, uh, the family and people of my great-great-grandfather, you'd have known your community inside out. The village contained all of your family, all your friends, all your colleagues. No one traveled far, and you saw each other every day. But now, it's a little harder to work out who your community is. Who do we know? Whose lives can we celebrate? Is it our neighbors in our block or in our street? Is it our work colleagues? Is it our leisure club? Is it our social media community? But even if we don't look that closely, there are people who we see often, whose lives we interact with every day. 
Jeremiah reminded us that we don't always choose who, who those people are, but God makes them part of our lives. Do you remember right at the beginning of, um, of our um, autumn term, as we were thinking first about mission, we remembered that God sets the times and seasons for everybody. So he set you in the place you are right now, and he set your neighbors in the place that they are right now so that you will interact with them. God has brought about the neighborhood of which you are a part. The Jewish exiles did not want to be in Babylon. They wanted to get back to Jerusalem as soon as they possibly could. In March, it's possible that these guys will want to get back from South Sea to North London as soon as they possibly can. But God will have brought them here for that moment. And they will need to make connections as quickly as they can. Long ago, a missionary couple in Africa taught Rachel and I that we need to bloom where we're planted. Bloom where you're planted. We might not like our neighborhood. We might wish we were somewhere else. But Christ has put us here, and he wants us to flourish and to celebrate. That phrase, bloom where you're planted, could sum up the whole of that letter from Jeremiah to, uh, to the, um, the Jews, to the Israelites abroad in, um, in Babylon, in exile. It sums up his words to us in our community. Bloom where you're planted. Well, this is even clearer in our first reading today. A young girl is wrenched out of her family. Possibly she sees family members killed in front of her, and she's taken as a slave to live amongst her people's enemy. She hasn't chosen this community. They've destroyed her home and broken her heart, and yet she's willing to trust God enough to live amongst them without resentment. How courageous is that? So if the first step is B, celebrate the community where you are, what's the next step? It's do or bless. And the young girl does that in spades. Far from gloating over the tragedy of her captor, she feels compassion for him. She wants to bless him. Well, there's a Christian word for that, isn't there? It's called grace. Uh, could you just get a glass of water, perhaps? Thanks. Grace, as the song goes, is when we receive things from God that we don't deserve. Grace is when God gives us the things we don't deserve. Nigel, there's a glass of water coming for you. Just Grace is when we receive the things we don't deserve. Grace is when a glass of water is following us, but we're walking in the wrong direction. <laughs> okay, that, that general deserved nothing from the girl whose life he and his troops had torn apart. Yet she gives him compassion. He went that way. <laughs> she gives him compassion and the possibility of healing. She gives to her captor grace. And the general could expect nothing from the God whose people he'd attacked. Yes, this, yet this young girl knows that her God is a God of grace, ready to bless even those who are hostile to him. And our young, are our youngsters in our children's ministry 
learning to know and trust Jesus as deeply as this young girl? Will they be able to apply their learning, their learning from um, their children's groups in as challenging circumstances with the same insight and faith as, they, as she was able to do? With huge courage, this young girl speaks up to this general's wife, offering him her gift of blessing. If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. And we hear in the story that her confidence in the God of grace and in the prophet in Samaria is not misplaced. And in fact, to rub that lesson in that this is grace, the prophet will not receive a penny from this rich captor when he offers him the blessing of his Lord and the healing of his leprosy. Well, we've been learning about grace, too, at St. Jude's, under admittedly rather easier conditions. Last term, our life groups uh, were given money each, and they had the task of blessing their community. And they did all sorts of things. Some gave out hot dogs to those watching the Christmas lights. Some paid for children to go on a holiday club. Some brought Christmas presents for a family in need. Some presented a nativity set to the school. Some handed out vouchers for coffee shops. Some gave a Christmas party for a cup pack. Some offered flowers to residential homes. Some gave Christmas decorations to their neighbors. And some went to the library and led rhyme, uh, well, took part in rhyme time, gave out nativity books, and uh, bought coffee for the parents. All of this is grace. None of those people deserved anything in particular from the life groups. Some were in need, some were just random strangers. But all of them received grace. All of them were blessed. And of course, our ongoing ministries at St. Jude's continue to offer grace week by week, listening with compassion to the bereaved, offering lunch and friendship to the lonely, serving bacon sandwiches to the hungry, offering an overnight bed to the homeless, praying for healing for those passing by, giving a cup of tea and a toilet to the thirsty and those in distress. All of this is grace. In a small way, we copy what God does for us through Jesus in daily blessing, in renewed relationship, and in new life. So what we've been doing in a general way as a church, I am challenging you to do in a more focused way in your community this coming year. First, enjoy living with your community. Celebrate them. That's B. Then go one step further and bless them. That is do. You go to an office party. That's B. You take a Christmas cake with you. That's do. You throw a neighborhood dinner party. That's B. You clear the rubbish away from the street. That's do. Jesus set us the model. He went to a wedding feast. B. He provided the wine. Do. It didn't cost Jesus money to provide the wine, but it clearly did cost him emotionally, we hear in our story, to step into the limelight before he was ready. And he chose to bless generously in the amount that he gave, huge 
uh, huge, great um, jars of water turned into wine, and then in quality, as we hear at the end of the story. Certainly, he blessed that young couple very, very effectively. He removed from their new marriage the dreadful shame of failing their guests. I don't suppose they ever forgot that moment. I don't suppose they ever ceased to be grateful to Jesus for being at their wedding. Well, clearly do is harder than be. Be just requires friendliness, an open heart, readiness to listen, and of course, time. Do takes compassion, which demands generosity, persistence, and imagination. That doesn't mean to say be is necessarily easy, if, like the young girl in our story, you've been hurt by your neighbors. But however hard B is, do is going to be even harder. Because do is going to be with the same people, the same hurtful people, as you have, as you have started to be amongst. Those, those difficult people that you're amongst, you are choosing to bless. Of course, that's one reason why we start with B. We do the easiest thing first. Live amongst your neighbors, listen to them, pray for them, and then choose to bless them. B will give impetus to do. But there are other reasons to start with B and move on to do as well. The more you be part of your community, forgive my grammar, listening to it and understanding it, the more effective will it be when you do blessing amongst them. And the more frequently, generously, and effectively we bless our communities that we do, the more ready they will be for the next step, which we'll hear about next week. As I said before, grace is costly and it's difficult. So it's always easier to do it with others. Try not to do blessing on your own. Find others to do it with you. Do it in groups, your family group, your life group, a new mission group. As you ask God which, which bit of the community he wants you to be focusing on this year, ask him to show you some other people on whose heart he's also putting that same mission field. And those of you in life groups, start to ask yourself which mission field you have in common. Who would you all like to give your attention to? In which community group can you be together? And then how can you do blessing to them, for them, or amongst them? Start praying for ways to repeat what you did last term in a more focused way for the group that you have chosen. Just remember, the more, like Jesus, that you are amongst your community, that you are being amongst them, the more you'll hear their needs, and like Jesus, you'll find creative ways to bless them, to do. And one final encouragement, you aren't the only ones who are seeking to bless your community. Just remember our year of mission theme verse. There it is. Lord, help your servants. Stretch out your hands to perform signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. God is longing to bless our community with and through us in power. Shall we finish by praying together our theme verse? 
Let's do it out loud. It's up there. Keep your eyes open. Lord, Lord help, help your servants speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to perform signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.